Welcome to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards. I am so happy that you all decided to join me for the show this morning. But before we begin, I want to remind everyone that Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit community organization. That being said, we rely on your donations to keep broadcasting. So go to our webpage, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, click the donate button, and we thank you for your support. Now, I want to say welcome to everyone who might be new to the show. And if this is your first time listening, if you would like to hear some of my previous shows, you can find them on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, on Spotify, and on iTunes. Just look for What Would Kay Say? So now... You know, we began this year on our journey, right? And our journey was to find our purpose. So as we continue looking for our purpose, I found another interesting topic for us to explore here on the show. It'll be like another stepping stone 
towards our ultimate goal. Like, you know, we had that box that we said we were filling it with tools. Everything that we learned, we were it was becoming a tool that we were going to use to help us get to our ultimate goal, right? And our ultimate goal, like we stated before, is to find our purpose for living. So now, in order to get a true understanding of anything that happens in life, we have to start from the beginning, right? So today's topic, I want to talk about body, mind, and spirit. But before I could get into that, we must start from the beginning. And the beginning would start with God creating the heavens and the earth. So I want to give you all the backstory of how we got to that point. Now, if we look in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right. So as we go down in the chapter, we see God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And he did that. Then he said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And then that happened. And then he said, let the earth bring forth grass and herbs that yields seed and the fruit trees that yields fruit according to its kind whose seed is in itself on the earth. And so that happened as well. So we see him creating the heavens, the earth, the water separating the land, all that stuff he's doing. So we get all the way down to he even created, he brought forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and the beast of the earth, each according to its kind. Kept going down. He created the beast and everything, right? Then here we get to the crucial part of the story where everything begins to take place. We see in Genesis 1:26, God said, let us make man in our image. And I'll be reading everything that I'm going to be reading today will be from the new King James version. So Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves moves on the earth. Now, those scriptures that I just read are full of so much important information. We could take an entire show just to analyze all that God said in those three verses. But for today's purposes, we're going to look at those scriptures as a whole, right? So we're going to start with God said, let us. Now, the us he was referring to was the Trinity. God, 
Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. He was telling them that they were about to create something that was going to take on an image and form of the three of them, right? So God being the head of all things, he's omnipotent, right? Having unlimited powers, able to do all things. He's omnipresent, meaning he's widespread, he's everywhere. And God is omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He is all-knowing. So now, I know that you've, that you've heard of mind, body, and spirit. I know you've heard it said in that combination. And I guess most people put them in that order because they think of the mind controlling both body and spirit. And they might very well have something to that. But I want us to remember the combination as being body, mind, and spirit. Mainly because we were made in the image of God. He is known as the Trinity, the three parts. Stands to reason why we would have three parts to us as well. Right? Okay, so now we're going to look at why I wanted the Trinity to be, the Trinity of us to be looked at in that manner. God gave us a body. Before we were anything, we had a body. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Jesus had a body. He was God in the flesh. He was God that came down to see what it was like to be human and to be the bridge to join us beings down here back to the father because of the sins that had been created between Adam and Eve. So here we see Jesus is flesh and we became flesh. Then God gave us a mind. Let them have dominion. Genesis 1, 29 and 31. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seeds, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seeds to you, it shall be for food. Then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Right there, he was showing us. He created our minds to understand that he had given us everything that we needed to survive. Then, the third part, we are spirit. We were created in his image. The third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. If we want to remember how the body, mind, and spirit come together to form who we are, all we have to do is think of it as we were born in flesh. We were born of flesh, right? We develop our mind, and then we learn from our spirit. Our spirit and our mind are both living in our bodies. So for a better understanding of how they all work individually and collectively, Let's look at them one at a time. So we're going to start with the body. 
The body, as the dictionary would define it, is the physical structure of a person or an animal, including the bones, flesh, and organs. Our bodies contain all of our nerves that send signals to our brain. Like for instance, we stub our toe, right? And a signal gets sent to our brain that a problem has occurred. The brain then sends back a message, which is usually a wave of pain. It might also send back a message to our mouths and give us some choice words to use, but I won't repeat them on this fine Sunday morning. But you all know what I'm talking about. So here is what the Bible has to say about the body. First, 1 Corinthians 6.13 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Your body, whether you believe it or not, belongs to God. He created it, and it belongs to him. Now, that part wasn't in the scripture, but the part that I ended with was that the the body is not your own. So now, everything that we do with our bodies, how we eat, what we wear, how we take care of ourselves, is a reflection of the house that God loaned to us while we are here on earth. We needed an earthly body in order to live on this earthly planet. And when this earthly body gives out, we are going to go back to being a spirit and back to being with the Lord. So now the second part of our Trinity, the mind. This is the part of a person that makes it possible for him or her to think, feel emotions, and understand things. Now here's what the Bible has to say about the mind. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, you become what you think you are. Your mind controls how you feel about yourself and the others around you. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. That is why the Bible states that we should guard our hearts because the issues of life are there. The exact statement can be found in Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Now that right th- that scripture right there is a study within itself. And we might just pick that up at another time. So now we're going to move on to the spirit part. The third part of our trinity. The spirit. The non-physical part of a person. Which is the seat of emotions and character. The soul. The spiritual or immaterial part of a human being guarded as immortal and for that verse we're going to use for that understanding of where we find that in the bible we're going to use john 4 23 to 24 but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, right? It's telling you right there. 
That's the only way you could communicate him. Communicate with him is spirit to spirit. So now if we tie them all together, we find that 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24 sums it up for us quite nicely. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Now, to break that out, now you know I've been reading from the New King James Version, but I read it in the Message Version, and I like it, so I'm going to read it to you in the Message. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-24, and this is what the Message has to say. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, Make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. I love that, that interpretation from the message. So knowing, that we, knowing what we know about how we were created, this gives us the tools to use while moving forward towards our goal, right? Because our goal, as I started at the top of the hour, was to find our purpose for living. Why were we created here? Yes, we know we were created to worship and know God. We know that. But once you get past that, he put you here for a purpose. There is something you were supposed to do. And that's what we're on our journey to figure out. So now we have this body that we must take care of because if we don't, how do we expect to complete the race that has been set before us? How can we perform the task that God has given us until it's time to return to our maker? Number two, we have a mind. Our brain being the most powerful organ in our body, we have the mind of God. If only we would surrender and allow him to control our entire lives, everything that we do, everything that we think. Number three, we are spirit. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. He was sent to us as a comforter and a guide to all truth. So now I want all of you to take all that in, take a deep breath, recognize that you are a trinity within yourself, body, mind, spirit, as God is his trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And with that, let's take a music break and we'll return. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> Nothing feels better than to know you, and nothing's more important than to show you that nothing comes close to what the vibe is. Nothing's more exciting than the time spent with you. No. One 
Welcome back to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards. Now it's time for op-ed. And in op-ed today, I would like to continue with my favorite subject, voting. Yes, I'm back there again, people. And I will be here until November 4th. But I want to say happy anniversary because we are coming up on the 100th year of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. That was the amendment that gave women to the right to vote in America. But of course, you know, with all movements, there's a backstory, right? So now, the women's suffrage began in 1848 by a group of women at a women's rights convention in Seneca Falls, New York. So in the beginning of this movement, it included all women, black and white. But when the women found that they could not get their amendment ratified because it included women of color, they dropped the need to have all women created equal and proceeded to have all white women to be created equal. And the reason why they couldn't get it ratified was because white men in America felt that if black women were to be granted the right to vote, they would have to uphold the 15th Amendment, which states the rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Now, this was the amendment that granted African-American men the right to vote. So once again, I hear you saying, well, if they gave us the right to vote in the 15th Amendment, why did we have to sign the Civil Rights Act in 1965? And once again, I will state that after the 15th Amendment was ratified, white America began putting in place the wheels of systemic racism that are still around and working today. Because, I mean, let's consider it. After the Civil War, America needed to be reconstructed socially and structurally. And that was the birth of the Jim Crow laws. Now, Jim Crow laws were state and local laws that enforced racial segregation in the southern United States. These laws were enacted in the late 19th and early 20th centuries to disenfranchise and remove political and economic gains made by black people during the reconstruction period. And it was also around this time and going forward that America began erecting monuments to their falling heroes. These statues were a representation of the thoughts and beliefs of the nation. The statues were placed as a reminder of what was and could still be. And for the most part, still is. So when you have statues that represent the mindset, the mindset and promote bigotry and hatred, why should those statues still be allowed to stand? Then now we have fast forward. You have prayer being banned from schools, right? Now it was thought that providing a religious and dom and predominantly Christian atmosphere in the schools impaired the quality of education that the students were receiving. So now here it is. 
on one hand, you have people screaming, ban prayer. Yet on the other hand, you have people saying, let's keep offensive statues. Now, these are the same people. The people that allowed prayer to be removed from the schools are the same people that demonstrated to have the statues placed. So it all stems from the distorted version of the Bible that America believed that they were doing and continue to do the right thing. Now, I want to give you this for a thought, food for thought. Removing a statue does not change the mindset of the people that want the statue to remain. Just as removing prayer from schools, the word God from a courtroom, and the statement in God we trust from our money changes the mindset of a Christian that wants to praise the Lord. My question is, where were the real Christian people in either of these two occurrences? Were they hiding in a cave? When they needed to be out taking a stand for what was right and a stand for justice. So now I say to you, on November 3rd, you will have the opportunity to take a stand for justice and to effect change. Now you see how important it is about casting a vote. So on November 3rd, make your vote count. Now dropping back to black women being removed from the voting platform, it forced women of color to become their own suffrage movement. One that would become a reality in 1965 for all black people in America. That was when the Civil Rights Act was, Civil Rights Act was signed and we all got the opportunity to have the right to vote. So to sum it all up, you see, if everyone would have stuck to the original plan that was first put forth in the beginning, we would not be here again at the beginning. America will have to walk around in the wilderness, continue to walk around in the wilderness, until they decide to get it right. And that is op-ed. So with that, I want to say, remember our word for the month, which is reform. And I also want to give us the promise for today, which is Psalm 90, 17. And that states... Let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. So, good people, I'm going to end a little early. I want to play music to play us out. But um, I want to say to everyone, enjoy the rest of this Sunday. Have a blessed day. Wear your mask if you go out because COVID is still out there. Use hand sanitizer. Wash your hands frequently. Stay six feet apart. Am I forgetting anything? Um, arm, elbow bump when you meet each other, the whole bit. Let's just stay safe. Let's be kind to one another. Let's just bless one another. And until we meet again next week, God's willing. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say? And I'm Kay Edwards signing off. Peace. <laughs>
Yeah. 
just trying to figure it out, fighting down, trying to believe God, trying to watch the words in my mouth and stay on the Trouble come and go, even on the mountain high or the valley low. Never let your faith go. Oh, never let your faith go. I've been there before, so confused, don't know which way to go. Yeah, stressed out, world so crazy, mountains stay in the house. Fear trying to rise up, got terrorist disguise, they look like us, but we know who we trust. Trust when I say that we gon' be Crime and murder, dead, human trafficking, racism, police brutality, bullying, rape, trouble, and stay. Show me a piece of people. Let your kingdom come, let your will be. 